Again, I'm so glad that you are here today. And if you are a first responder, either retired or active, we are very happy that you're here and we are honored that you made time to be with us today. I told somebody earlier today, I said, now listen, if a bunch of people jump up and leave and run out of the service, it's not because I've said something crazy, it's because they might have a call. So that may actually happen. We've got some folks that are here on duty right now and so that may happen. You know, this is our very first and hopefully an annual First Responder Appreciation Day. You know, I usually start off with a joke as, as the congregation knows and it's usually hilarious. But I, I looked up online, I looked up firefighter and police jokes. Man, they are brutal. The, I mean, they are worse than pastor jokes. They are, were just, man, they were just like bad. I'm like, I can't say any of those. But I did find one that I thought was pretty funny, so I want to share it with you. This small town had this uh, big chemical fire, and, and fire departments came from all over to help put up this uh, chemical fire. And because it's a chemical fire and a chemical plant, of course, they're kind of circle the perimeter and kind of go slow. And the owner of the uh, chemical plant arrives and he says, hey, listen, all of my uh, formulas and all of the, the key things in our company are in a safe right in the middle of the chemical plant. You got to save them. I will give $500,000 to whatever unit can get there and save those things. And the fire chief said, well, listen, that's, you know, that's a complicated deal. This is a chemical plant. We got to be really careful. We're going to go slow. We're going to stay on the perimeter, kind of work our way in. And about that time, this old kind of broken down fire truck comes comes down the hill and you can tell it's full of probably retired firemen and it just breaks through the gate of the chemical plant, drives right up to the middle of the plant. The men hop off and they start fighting the fire and, and uh, lo and behold, they get it beaten back and they eventually put out the fire. So after the fire, the, uh, the owner walks up to this uh, group of retired firefighters and he said, man, that was incredible. I, you, you are the bravest man I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to give you $500,000 for saving all the stuff that was really important to my company in the safe. What are you going to do with all that money? And one of them said, well, the first thing we're going to do is get the brakes fixed on that truck. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. So anyway, well, listen, I am so glad that you're here. Uh, we've been in a series since Easter. No need to put it on your connection card. We are aware that Easter is over. But here, we celebrate Easter all year long because the resurrection of Jesus is very important to us. And so we, we really celebrate it all, day, or all year long. And so we've been in the middle of a series called Easter Changes Everything. And it kind of worked out really perfect for today. Because listen, if Jesus rose from the dead, which we believe he did, and which is what Easter is all about, it really changes everything. It changes everything in our life. Today, we're going to see how it should change our relationships. As you can see, we talked on Easter morning about how Easter changes your future. In the last two weeks, we talked about how Easter changes your purpose and your family. And by the way, if you missed those and you'd like to hear them, you can go to our website at fogkc.com, F-O-G-K-C, stands for fellowshipofgrace.com, kc.com, and listen to those sermons there. Today, we're going to talk about how Easter changes your relationships and then next week, your finances and the last week, perspective. And the very next week is Mother's Day. Hard to believe. Hard to believe we're all... And by the way, one more announcement I want to make is that today I'm announcing that we're going to stop having services on Sunday morning. We're going to move them to Tuesday mornings because it's supposed to rain or snow every Sunday morning until Jesus comes. Now, I don't know what the deal is. It's raining. I'm just kidding. We're not really changing. Please don't show up on Tuesday morning. That was a joke. Okay, but uh, man, I'm just, I, I'm really disappointed that we had rain today, but we're going to make it all work and, and we're going to have a good time anyway. 
Listen, we want to talk today about how how Easter really changes our relationships. It should change the way we respond to one another. It should change the way we treat one another and how we live in this world with relationships with other human beings. If Jesus really rose from the dead, if he's really the son of God, it should change us. And so let's begin with this. If we say we love God, we must love others. Look what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. It says this. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. We see in this passage that it is impossible to truly love God without loving others. If we believe God loves everyone, and we do, uh, and he does, how would it be possible to love him and hate those whom he loves? Look, I I know some of us are harder to love than others. I get that. Okay, in fact, if you Google people hard to love, you can see politicians, actors, singers, all different kinds of people. Now, one of the things that I do in my spare time when I have it is I'm an Uber driver, and I do that uh, not to really make money, but, but my real purpose is to meet people and talk to them. I picked up a young man Tuesday evening who was probably 21, 22. He got into the car, and he was on the phone, on the speakerphone with someone. He got through this conversation, and he started the conversation with me this way. I'll bet you hate me, don't you? And I said, dude, I don't even know you. How could I possibly hate you? He said, well, you know, I, I, I can see you're kind of an old, middle-class, white guy. And I know you, you probably voted for Trump, didn't you? I said, well, I don't really talk about that with, with people that I pick up. And, and he, said, he said, well, I bet you did. Well, he said, well, that proves you did. And he said, he said, but I bet you hate guys like me, don't you? I said, no, I don't hate you at all. We talked for about 15 minutes, his whole ride, about the fact that I could maybe disagree with him and still love him. Folks, we live in a crazy world where we're being told and taught that if we disagree about something, we can't possibly be kind to one another. That is ridiculous. I went on to explain to this young man that I have raised three children, and in all three of their lives, there's been times and moments where I've disagreed with them at 100%, but I have loved them at 100%, and those coexist. I said, do you not see that I can disagree with you about things? We might disagree about 17 out of 20 things but I can still love you, even though we disagree. And uh, we, we had a good conversation there. I think maybe I, I got through to him at the end. I reached my hand back, and he shook my hand, and he got out of the car and gave me five stars and a tip. So I suppose, <laughs> so I suppose, I suppose he figured out that it was possible for me to still love him. Folks, I, I understand that we live in a world that some people make it very difficult to love them, but God's word challenges us. If we say we love God, we have to love what he loves. People. People. Just, listen, we can disagree with people about things. That's acceptable. We can still love them at the same time. So are there levels of love? Are there, are there different ways? Or, uh, you know, can I just, if I just don't hate anybody, is that okay? Is that enough love? Well, let's look. The Bible says very clearly that the greatest love is that which risks his or her life for others. Look at John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. This is Jesus speaking. He says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life 
for his friends. Now here we see that the greatest form or level of love is that which risks one's life for others. Folks, first responders do that all the time. Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, man, we're not having a a customer service appreciation day. We don't appreciate my job. Listen, these folks do something very different than most of us do. They risk their lives in service of our community. Police, law enforcement officers, when they respond to a domestic call, they have no idea if there is someone there with a weapon waiting to kill them. When they walk up to a car, they have no idea if the person in that car, as they get up to the window, is going to pull a pistol and try to shoot them and kill them. By, by the way, do you, I learned this a few months ago, I thought it was really fascinating. Do you, if you've ever watched any police shows and you watch them, when they pull over a car and they walk up to the car, they'll put their hand, they'll either touch the backlight or the fender of the car. Every one of them does that. You know why they do that? So that they put their fingerprint on the car. If somebody shoots them and kills them and drives off, they'll be able later to prove that they had some kind of connection to that vehicle. That's the way, I mean, that's the nature of this job, folks. They're involved in high-speed chases. In fact, uh, uh, almost, not quite as many, but almost as many police officers die in car accidents and motorcycle accidents than do in shootings. Firefighters, they spend their days running into burning buildings to save a life. Now, I know they don't do that every day, but folks, even if they do it once a week, that's a big deal, okay? It's a big deal that they do this. Uh, They're responding uh, to calls about fires of unknown origins, Kansas City is very famous in the firefighting community because of uh, that, that terrible explosion in 1988 that killed six firefighters. They pulled up and, and all they saw was a little semi-trailer on fire. Didn't seem to be a big deal. But it was full of all kinds of chemicals that exploded and rocked the entire Kansas City, uh, the entire city. I mean, that happened in the Grandview Triangle. And it didn't just was heard there. It, it shook our house up here north of the river. They respond to those calls all the time. Uh, folks who are EMTs, listen, they are not at any less risk. When they respond to a situation, uh, many times if there's someone with a weapon, they're trying to pull victims off the field uh, before it's really safe. They're involved in, in light sirens, going to emergencies all the time. They stand out on the highway trying to rescue people as cars whiz by them at 70 or 80 miles an hour. Listen, if you've never done this, I want to challenge you to maybe get enough guts to do a ride-along one day. I've done several of them, and it's been very educational. Look, there's some bad press out there. There are some bad narratives about police officers and other people involved in being first responders. There are bad apples in every single vocation of life including pastors if you google long enough you can find a pastor that took the money and ran or took the secretary and ran or did this or did that I mean listen there's bad apples in every vocation on the planet but the vast majority of these people are dedicated to their job and they're dedicated to their community they love our community and they love the people in it and they risk their lives to show it they're doing exactly what Jesus was talking about right there We should not uh, count that lightly. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. 
I want us to also see today that Jesus risked his life knowing the end result, which is an even greater love. Here's the difference in why it's a greater love than risking, uh, and that is knowing the end result. Listen, these people are very courageous. First responders are very courageous because they know that every time they hear the call, every time the radio goes, they've got to go and possibly risk their life. In fact, when a person uh, joins the police department, the very first rule they tell them is, you go home every night. That's number one. You find a way to go home to your family every night. They are at risk. But it's only speculative. It's only speculative. Jesus knew what was going to happen, and he risked anyway. Look what it says in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14. We read 12 and 13 earlier, but look what Jesus adds to that. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Then he adds this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You see, here he's saying, listen, this is the greatest love that somebody risks their life or give their life for their friends. And by the way, I count you as friends. I count you as friends. And I'm laying down my life for you. It wasn't speculative. It was the reason that he came. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 20, 28. Jesus says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, it was his purpose. It was his whole purpose in life to come, Uh, not to to be an example for us. Now, he was an example. He lived a perfect life, and he was an example for us. But that wasn't his purpose for coming. His purpose was to come and pay a ransom for us. Now, what is a ransom? If someone gets kidnapped, we are always notified that there's a ransom to be paid to get them back. What Jesus is saying is here is, listen, I came here to buy you back from the penalty of your sinful ways. I came to buy you back with my life. The reality is all of us are separated from God because of our sinfulness. But Jesus came to buy us back. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You see, it's not about being religious. It's not about jumping through a bunch of hoops. It's about having an understanding and a faith in what Jesus did on the cross to pay for our sins that saves us. And by confessing it with our mouth, we actually confirm that it's really what we believe. Through Jesus' sacrifice, he has given us the ability to accept forgiveness of sins and rightness with God. That's why he came. Not that we're perfected after that. Uh, You know, some people think that we come here every week to celebrate our perfection. Nothing can be farther from the truth. But it's his perfection that is credited to us through his death on the cross. Now listen, Jesus came to earth knowing that the final outcome would be a vicious death on a cross to pay for our sins. But he came anyway. He came anyway. It's one thing to respond to a call, knowing there's a possibility of losing your life. It is quite another thing to answer a call, knowing the gruesome outcome and coming anyway. 
But that's what Jesus did for us. And we should appreciate and we should honor him for his sacrifice. And that's what we've sang about today. We don't, you know, we didn't learn some new first responder songs. Uh, you know, we, we sang about the, the true God. We sang about what he has done for us through his son Jesus. But we owe him appreciation and honor for what he has done for us. But folks, I want you to also know today we owe appreciation and honor to first responders who are a model of service to our community. Look what the Bible says in 1 John 3.16. It says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now in this response of the model Jesus gave us, he's saying we should be willing to lay down our lives as well for others. Now, it doesn't mean that all of us are going to have to actually give our lives for others, but we should be willing to. We should be willing to. We should love others enough to do that, and that's what these folks do. They put their lives at risk every single time they answer a call. And folks, it's getting more treacherous out there. It's getting, it's getting more treacherous. Now, it's not just doing their work and it's not just answering their call and it's not just their physical lives that are at risk. If you spend any time with these folks, if you read very much about their lives, they risk their life by doing their work. Law enforcement officers and firefighters and EMTs see things that many of us will never thank the good Lord see. They come up on accidents that you don't want to see in your worst nightmares. They go to shootings and suicides that would give most of us nightmares the rest of our lives. The risk to their own lives and relationships is not just death, but it's added complications of life. They experience things like frustration and isolation, sometimes desperation and depression. In fact, suicide is about four times greater in law enforcement than it is in the general population because of just the pressure of the job. Back in 1985, I was the first one on a scene of an accident before the first responders actually got there. Accident that had just happened on 435 and I-70. A young lady was going to go one direction at the last minute, realized she was going the wrong way. Uh, turned too quickly and hit one of those bridge pillars that held up a, a bridge about that big around, concrete. Hit it head on. And uh, I got there with some friends of mine. We got out of the car. And by the way, I, I always pull over for those things, don't I? <laughs> and uh, ran to the car, and uh, they were hurt very badly. And I sat and held this woman's hand as the color of her skin changed. And in about four or five minutes, before the ambulance got there, she died. That's been 33 years, and I'm not over that yet. I will, I will never forget that as long as I live. I can't imagine seeing those things on a weekly basis. Folks, we need to appreciate these people. We need to honor them. We need to love them. We need to pray for them. I want you to see one other verse today. In Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, it says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor or hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. 
outdo one another in showing honor. This is a very interesting verse. Here God says, let your love be genuine. We wanted to have a day to recognize, honor, and appreciate first responders because we genuinely do appreciate them. We didn't call any television stations. We didn't tell them to be here and put us on television or give us any notoriety. It's not about that. We just wanted them to know that we really do deeply appreciate them. We genuinely love them for the sacrifice that they make to our community. This verse also tells us to do a very interesting thing. It says, outdo one another in honoring each other. Now, it's interesting to know that the majority of the Bible really discourages us from comparing ourselves to each other. It says, listen, don't compare yourself to each other. Don't try to outdo one another. Don't try to, you know, up one another, do this or that. In fact, it's, it really discourages that in almost every single situation. We each have our own individual race to run that God has set before us. And we don't run the same race, so why should we compare ourselves? But here, the Bible says something very, very interesting. It says, outdo one another in honor and appreciation for one another. So what it's saying here is, listen, you see your brother and how he's honoring people? Do it better. Then you see me doing you well. I'm going to do it better than him. I'm going to honor people better than him. I'm going to appreciate people better than him. We're going to actually uh, compete with one another to honor and appreciate each other. That would be a really interesting world, wouldn't it? We live in a world that's really anxious to put us down, to tell us what we can't do, to tell us why we're not right. When we talk here about parenting, one of the things I share with you is just the incredible power of your words with a child we have the ability to just make their day or crush their little spirits but folks let's be honest it's not much different for us it's not much different really now hopefully we're all big enough and old enough to say hey sticks and stones break my bones but names don't hurt me i'd like to find the guy that wrote that of course they hurt. And so folks, we need to be the people that are known for honoring one another, for appreciating each other. I want Fellowship of Grace to, to be known uh, not just uh, for having a great God, but I want to be known for the fact that we love one another, that we love other people, and that we honor each other, and we encourage one another, we lift each other up. Don't beat each other down. We want to be the kind of people that are known for that because we're outdoing each other all the time. In fact, we're going to actually practice that right now. I know it's going to be a little embarrassing. I don't mean to embarrass anybody. But I would like all first responders who are either active or retired to just come up and stand right here if you would, please. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy. We're just going to pray for you and encourage you and honor you, okay? So if you're a first responder or have been a first responder, come on up here. So glad you guys are here. Good to see you today. Just stand right here in the line. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, buddy. By the way, these folks, this is really interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Okay, yeah, go ahead. It's very interesting to have Dave Ross, who's a member of our church, and these folks here at the same time. Uh, because, how long ago was it, Dave? Back in February, uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, Dave had a, a massive heart attack, and he had a, uh, 
um, defibrillator a pacemaker put into his chest. And uh, back in February, Dave was getting ready to, he was standing right here getting ready to pray, and that defibrillator went off. And, and I don't know if it's exactly these folks, but this, this company of these folks came and, and helped him. <laughs> I just think it's really cool that you're standing here like this. So what we want to do is I'm going to ask you uh, just to tell them your name and where you, uh, what department you're, you are, were with or are with. I'm Dave Ross, and uh, my law enforcement career started with the Platte County Sheriff's Office and ended with the Excelsior Springs Police Department. Okay. My name is Jim Durr, and work for American Medical Response. I'm Pamela Wilson. I also work for American Medical Response for 16 years. R.J. Rodriguez, and I also work for AMR. Seth Hoffman, I work for AMR, but doing this since I was 18. Thank you. Well, I am so glad that all of you are here today. And before we go, I want to, um, I just want to pray for these folks. We want to pray for their protection. We want to pray uh, that God will bless them and, and uh, just really honor them for this time. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you uh, for the commitment of these people to our community. I thank you for their sacrifice of their time and their schedule. I know that all of them have missed kids' ball games. They have missed uh, kids' uh, school things. They have uh, missed birthdays and holidays with their families uh, to do what they do and to serve our community, and I thank you for that. Father, I thank you for the model of service that they, that they, that they do every day and the challenge that they give us to be better at serving one another. Father, I pray for your protection. I pray that you would protect them from evil people who would want to do them harm. I thank you for the protection that you gave Dave all those years. Father, protect them from accidents and inherent risks of their jobs. Uh, just be watching out for them. Protect their families and their relationships. I pray that uh, you would help them to find the time to, to still uh, have uh, good relationships with the people around them and that their job would not uh, take that away. Father, I pray that you would protect their mental health and their sanity uh, in spite of all the evils that they see, in spite of all the tragedy they see, in spite of all the things that could really uh, make them cynical people. I pray that you would protect them from that. Lord, bless them for their selfless service. I pray you'll bless their families uh, and that you would just, uh, for the time that they spend away and the hardships that come from serving, I pray that you would just bless them and their families deeply. Lord, we thank you for them. We ask for your protection for them and for your blessing on them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Give these folks a hand. Thank you all. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dave.